From the studios of Boise State Public Radio News, I'm Gemma Gaudet, and you're listening to Idaho Matters. Former Republican Governor Phil Batt, who was our state's 29th governor and held office from 1995 to 1999, died over the weekend on March 4th, which happened to be his 96th birthday. It was also Idaho Day. Batt is widely viewed as one of the driving legislative forces behind Idaho's human rights laws, as well as a respected onion farmer. Our very own James Dawson has this look back. Bat's moral compass when it came to human rights developed early. Born in Wilder, he says it was his mother who instilled those values into him. Rod Grammer, who published a book about Bat's life, read this passage at an event sponsored by the Idaho State Historical Society last year. She believed in everybody getting treated equally, not unequal. Be aware that people had certain rights of their own and that we didn't just trample on them. One of the most publicized examples of this came before he even entered politics. He resigned his membership from the Benevolent and Protective Order of Elks after his local lodge denied membership to his friend who was Japanese-American. The organization didn't repeal its whites-only policy until 1973. Here's Grammer again in an interview with Boise State Public Radio on Saturday. That showed to me not only what he did as a political leader for human rights, but in his own personal life, he kind of walked the talk. After one term in the Idaho House in the mid-60s, he served as a state senator for the next 10 years, where he established the state's Human Rights Commission. Now U.S. Senator Jim Risch was just beginning his political career around that time while still practicing law. At the Idaho State Historical Society event last year, he told the audience how his pager would, at times, bug more senior members of the Senate. Once, Rich said Bat paged him, but another call rang at his desk first. And he said, hello, you big turd. (laughs) It was not me. It was the chairwoman of the Republican women from Wilder, Idaho. A lover of animals, Bat had several pets throughout his life, including a chatty bird he fittingly named Birdie, who stayed in his office while serving as Senate pro tem. Here's another of Bat's recollections in Grammar's book. He had about 30 good words. He could say, Cecil is silly, every time I asked him to. Cecil, of course, refers to another of Idaho's former governors, Democrat Cecil Andrus. Bat ducked in and out of politics at times. He lost his first bid for governor in 1982 against incumbent Democrat John Evans. When he did get the job in 1994, he quickly minted a deal with the feds to ensure the removal and cleanup of nuclear waste at the Idaho National Laboratory, a priority of both his and Andrus. Bat celebrated that deal and a strong win over an initiative to repeal the agreement during his State of the State address in 1997. We will tolerate no deviation. We're ahead of schedule now, and we must never fall behind. We have forced this country to focus on the need for a clear policy for nuclear waste disposal. That audio courtesy of Idaho Public Television. Journalists, observers, and friends are also quick to point out Bat's sense of humor. He kicked off that 1997 address this way. This is a pretty long speech, and I hope you don't go to sleep, but... uh... Not nearly as long as it would have been had I followed the statesman's advice a couple of days ago. They had a whole list of things for me. He also had a quick temper. Lindy High worked as a policy advisor in Bat's office. 
She recalls one time a group of angry people gathered in the lobby of the governor's office, claiming they would put Bat under citizen's arrest. He stood in front of one of the guys and said, well, what are you going to do with me? And they were so surprised. Nobody said anything. And so he said, well, I've got a lot of work to do. And he just went back in his office and shut the door. Bat would come under fire for his frugal fiscal approach sometimes, cutting government jobs numbering in the hundreds, or holding back budget growth in state agencies. But High says he was privately generous. He would frequently send personal checks to people who wrote to the governor's office and say to them, this is not a loan. This is a gift to you. Don't tell anybody. Bat decided one term as governor was enough as he approached 70 years old, she says. Because he thought he would be too old by then, and it was a, you know, all government jobs are difficult, and he simply thought that it was time for him to retire. He still made light of his decision during his final State of the State address in 1998. I was only fooling, of course, about not running again. (laughs) But now that the media has reported it, and others have made plans... I guess I'll have to stick with it. Politics wasn't his only passion, though. Bat loved playing jazz clarinet. Here's a cut of one of his solos in the Saints Go Marching In, performed by the Capital City Jazz Band in 1987, courtesy of Andy Lawless. He even composed what became Idaho's state poem, remembering the 91 men who died during the Sunshine Mine disaster in Kellogg in 1972. We waited in spirit at the mouth of the pit, ached in unison at the news of the dead, joined the jubilation at the rescue of the living, marveled at the poise of the tiny community, and we became strong. The flux of the widow's tears welded your strength into our bodies. And we were all Idahoans. And we were all miners. And we were all proud. James Dawson, Boise State Public Radio News. And we are continuing our look back at his life and his legacy. Joining us right now is Stephanie Witt, a professor and director of training at the Boise State School of Public Service. Stephanie, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Gemma. I'm delighted to talk with you again. So can we just start the conversation um, about your remembrances of Governor Batt? Sure. Um, I came to Boise State and... Idaho in the fall of 1989. And so I was here when he was uh, governor. And uh, I think it's important to to roll the tape back to remember that in the Senate, the Idaho mm-hmm. Senate, um, when he became governor, was evenly divided uh, between Democrats mm-hmm. and Republicans. And uh, the Lieutenant Governor being Butch Otter, a Republican, kind of gave the majority in the Senate to the Republicans. But uh, the Democrats were a much more viable statewide force at that time. Um, There had been 25 years of Democratic governors, for example, prior to uh, Governor Batt winning his election. And um, so I think one of the biggest changes that I – when I think about 
him in office and uh, was that he was the chair of the Republican Party. And he really managed to heal over some growing schisms, right? Some some mm-hmm. fractures within the party, got them mobilized. And uh, that 92 to 94 period of time was the high watermark for the Democratic Party in the state. And and he was really a part of that um, healing and growing process that the Republican Party went through. And uh, so I remember him for that, in addition to being governor. Um, I think James did a James Dawson's piece was wonderful covering all of the things that he's remembered for. Uh, certainly mm-hmm. that nuclear waste agreement continues to be um, a landmark piece of policy protecting Idaho's natural resource future. And um, his record on civil rights is is really something to um, contrast with the language coming out of the Republican Party these days. All right. And, and let's dig into that a little bit, because he was such a champion of of civil rights. Um, and and this really, I think, you know, as as we as we noted in in the piece that that we played by our own James Dawson, you know, Governor Bat credits his mother for for teaching him that, and you know, and, and I think about that, and I'm like, that is, that's incredibly forward thinking for the times that he grew up in, and 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 to to have that view, and and so I'm curious about how you think that 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 his championship of civil rights impacted um, Idaho over these, these last, what, 30 odd, odd years, if not longer. Well, the creation of the human rights commission is a, you know, a legacy of an institution that's left right. Uh, Mm -hmm. long after he left office, that uh, body continues. And so um, his contributions there stand the test of time and they have continue to work on those important human rights issues in Idaho. Uh, So I think that institutionalizing that was very important, as well as the the piece noted the farm worker workman's compensation legislation, and that continues to this day. He was a a farmer. He was an onion farmer. He knew what work is like in the fields, and he knew the people that worked in the fields. And I think that helped shape his uh, identity and and what he thought was right. You know, and, and I think it's, it's strikingly obvious that, um, I mean, with the exceptions of, of, you know, our governors, um, you know, Senator, Senator Risch, uh, Senator Crapo, there, you know, former governors, there, there, there are people within the Idaho Republican party who, who, you know, came out with states statements um, when, when governor Bat passed away yet, um, many of our current legislators were very quiet on on the passing of of Governor Bat. Is that because, in in your opinion, would there be a place for Governor Bat in in what the Republican Party in Idaho looks like today? I doubt it. Um, you know he he was a practical politician, and uh, uh, he was definitely a fiscal conservative. Um, very careful to make sure when he exited state government, there were fewer state jobs than when he got there. Right? He was mm-hmm. he was very uh, attentive to that. But I don't recall him being um, interested in the culture wars the way that 
um, a lot of the uh, Republican Party is now, not all, but uh, certainly um, factions of the Republican Party here in Idaho are more interested in those sorts of culture war issues like arguing about critical race theory or banning books and libraries. And and I just I don't see uh, Governor Bat with his record on civil rights and human rights really being interested in that kind of stuff. I, I think, you know, lots of farmers and ranchers are practical people. There's stuff to get done and work to do. And I think he would have been wondering why we're not working on things like infrastructure and mm. uh, uh, school funding, um, though mm. I I, I want to be careful here and, and note, I did not know him personally, and I certainly wouldn't, you know, um, want to pretend to speak for him. Mm-hmm. Let me reintroduce you really quick if you're just joining us. We're talking with Stephanie Witt, the professor and director of training at the Boise State School of Public Service, talking about the life and the legacy of Governor Phil Bat. Um, you know, Stephanie, one of the things that he is still, uh, you know, lauded for that he that 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 has made such a big difference, and 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 you remarked on this was uh what was was his his agreement in regards to uh to to nuclear to uh nuclear waste and this was uh you know removing and and the cleanup of nuclear waste at the Idaho National Laboratory the only time i ever um remember interviewing governor bat was during this time and i was a brand new reporter right out of college 1995 in idaho falls and I had literally no idea what I was doing, uh, just no idea. And and be and I was like, I have to go. I have to go talk to a governor. Like I, I mean, I'm a governor. Are you kidding? And he was so kind, and he was just so I think gracious with a very young and green reporter. And and I and I think you know this goes back to what so many of our. Uh, leaders like Governor Little have said about him what what you know Senator Rich said about him is it, you know is, is is that his personality was very welcoming yet at the same time he was exacting and um and so I'm curious as to how you think that probably played into uh this this initiative uh when it came to nuclear waste because there was so much back and forth on this. This initiative has been changed over time. It's been repealed, but but it's still in effect. And we're talking 30-some years later. Mm-hmm. He was a great advocate for the interests of the state in that situation. Um, I don't think he was uh, either Governor Andrus or uh, Governor Bat were interested in which party saw it which way. They just knew that the state had long-term interest in getting that waste uh, handled and moved in an appropriate way. And he wasn't going to back down on that. Um, so I think that uh, his ability to build a working relationship with people on all sides of the aisle was uh, something about him that made him successful. Um, he, in his book, uh, which I was looking at this morning uh, when after we agreed to talk, and that he mentions just calling uh, member after member in the House and the Senate to go over the workman's comp bill for farm workers mm-hmm. and just chatting with them and then and then just straightforward 
can you help me with this? And then they would say whatever their concerns were or or questions that they had. And he had the patience to work his way through uh, the members of the legislative body at that time that he needed on his side to get that policy passed. So he was very pragmatic in that sense. Um, and, you know, I laughed when I opened the book and there's a picture of him playing golf with uh, Cecil Andrus, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't see a lot of bipartisan um, anything anymore, right? Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I think he comes from a different time. And, One and, I, would, I, think I think we would all benefit from seeing a little more of, frankly, but that's just my opinion. Well, but I, but I think, you know, that, that, that is, that's a fair statement because, you, you know, um, things have become so polarized and on both, on both sides uh, of the aisle. Yes. Um, so with that said, what do you think will be or is uh, Governor Bat's legacy? I mean, how, how will he be remembered here in Idaho, in particular for maybe people who don't remember his time as governor, who don't remember the impact that he made on this state. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the the coverage since his passing has has really nailed it in terms of the things he'll be remembered for. And chiefly, I think that would be his contribution to uh, human rights in Idaho um, and the champion, championing of civil rights, human rights, and um, protections for farm workers. Uh, I think that these days when you explain that it was a Republican governor who um, championed those things, that you get a raised eyebrow from newcomers to the state. But I think that uh, that's he saw that as the right thing to do, and he was willing to um, stand up and fight for those things, whether or not it helped him electorally. Right. Well, and we should note that uh, the Wasma Center for Human Rights is building a new building. It is set to open this August, um, and it's been named the the Phil E. Bat Building because of his championing of of civil rights of uh, you know of equal rights um, here here in Idaho. And I think that that speaks volumes for you know for his leadership. Oh, absolutely. What a great, what a great honor. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing that facility when it's built. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to speak with us about uh, Governor Pat and his legacy here in our state. Stephanie, thanks so much. Thank you, Gemma. We've been talking with Stephanie Witt. She's a professor and director of training at the Boise State School of Public Service, talking about the life and the times as well as the legacy of former Governor Phil Batt. As we mentioned, Governor Batt was our state's 29th governor. He served from 1995 to 1999. He will lie in state this Thursday in the Idaho State Capitol. His funeral is scheduled for this Friday, March 10th at 11 a.m. at the Cathedral of the Rockies. That is just located just blocks away from the State House. There will be a private burial after uh, the funeral. And if you've probably noticed, flags are all at half-staff um, in honor of Governor Batt. And that will remain that way until his internment. Thanks so much for listening to Idaho Matters. Boise State Public Radio and Idaho Matters are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Gemma Gaudet. We'll see you tomorrow. This is Chip Brantley, co-host of the NPR podcast, White Lies. 
Before we found the man in Vancouver, before we sued the State Department, before we snuck into the graveyard of a federal penitentiary, all we had were the photographs. Photographs of a group of Cuban men standing on the roof of a prison in rural Alabama. That's this season on the NPR podcast, White Lies.